This was your life's work. Are you okay with leaving the fake good place behind? As long as I'm with you guys, I'm always in the fake good place. That doesn't sound as nice as you think it does. The real bad place was the friends we made along the way. Nope, still nonsense. One more try? In a way, the good place was inside the bad place all along. You know what? That's technically true. I'm going to give it to you. <laughs> I've got good news and bad news for you, buddy. Where do you want to start? Give me the bad news first. Bad news. Okay. To do this podcast today, we both have to clear as being the best versions of ourselves and get onto this hot air balloon where we typically record our podcast every week. Oh, bad no. news is my light on the scale is red as my ass cheek on the day I was born. <laughs> uh, good news I is that your green is could be. Your green out. is a green apple Jolly Rancher to go get up Oof. on that magic uh, balloon. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do we do here? We're at well, an here's the thing. Yeah. I'm not going to leave you behind, Zach. That means I so much. I really, really thought you would. But you got to really get expected your shit you together. Too. Huh? But you got to get your shit together. So here's what I think. I want you to get inside of my shirt and then just like wrap around me, but not like forward. Like I want your arms and legs behind you in like a bondage situation. Okay. But you're like tied to me. And I'll pretend like you're my big, sexy, pregnant belly, and I'll just walk right on the balloon myself. Because I don't know how <laughs> us tied together couldn't possibly be the best versions of us. You're right. You think we can find a loophole if we yeah. both wear a super long trench coat. Mm-hmm. It's got to be And it's massive. my... We're two grown men. <laughs> White stubby feet yeah. at the bottom of your long, beautiful biracial body. <laughs> well, it's it's my my feet and my head, but you're the belly. How'd that happen? How'd that happen? Well, remember, I just We're told you height. you're like not you're height. like you're strapped to me. No, it, for this to work for me on a lot of levels, <laughs> you need to be standing squarely on my shoulders. Like feet on your shoulder, like yeah. not like sitting. Like You need I'm to be clawing in like <laughs> talons with them toes. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Into the Time Knife, a good place rewatch. Glad to be back for another week to talk about the good place. I'm Zach. <laughs> I'm Steven, and I can't wait to see this 11-foot seven version of us i don't know how tall you are zach are you five eight five nine five seven <laughs> the One five nine was very was kind of you. i, <laughs> I know i said that. it and i was like zach's not five nine <laughs> i don't even know how tall i am i'm you haven't five you don't seven, measure yourself every day five, well, go to six. the little the little pencil notches and i am wall. doing it with hope every day <laughs> Zach waiting like for that last growth spurt <laughs> when am i finally going to be tall like my buddy steven <laughs> One of these days, I'm going to get one of those really dangerous and stupid leg extension surgeries. What do you nice. think? Nice. Like but I, how, how tall should rod? I make myself? Should I make myself like 6'2", or should I make myself like 7 foot? Here's what you got to do, Zach. You you can't do it all at once. You got to go like inch by inch and start where you are now, but get to like 7'5". <laughs> That's five. so many like, surgeries. Get like comically large. Well, you got you want it to look natural. It needs to be like that. I think you should leave skit where you get exactly, a gradually wig. more bald wig every day to not <laughs> yeah. look like you went bald overnight. So exactly. I'll have like 
70 leg extension <laughs> surgeries of about an inch each. <laughs> People 70? <laughs> well, you said how tall was I going to be? 7'5"? Seven, seven, uh, yeah, you got to be real big. And you I'm know how, only 4'3", as it is. That's a <laughs> lot of inches to gain. And I'm going to need some inches some other places, too. Can you we remember just the inch end of Willy Wonka when they stretch bit? Mike TV out? That's how I want you to be. Like a flat Stanley the size of, like, a small house. I'm going to look like a, a white avatar. <laughs> I'm going to look like a knobby. Because I'm, I'm getting a tail, Watch for out, sure. Jake Sully. I'm getting... <laughs> Oh, welcome to Into the Time Knife. We're talking about The Good Place. And before we can, we have to shout out our $10 and up patrons over at patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast. Those people are Mary Baker Budisa, Danny Happy M. Birthday. Lugo, Justin Fortier. I'm running out of ways to say it. You got anything? Justin Fowertier. Never mind. And Autumn Marsh, thank you guys so much for supporting us another month as we are just running deep into the month of July. We really appreciate it, and we're glad to be back. And if you like what we're doing here, please, starting at $5, you can support us at patreon.com slash podcast. We've got a episode-by-episode rewatch podcast of that 70s show called The Basement that's going on every week. We have our live pre-show that we do every week before we record this podcast called You Can't Dis a Pre-Show. And all sorts of other stuff that pops up here and there when we have ideas that get us to sit down and actually make something. But at least two shows every week. That's great. Yeah. And this show early every week. You can be a week ahead on this podcast. Patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast. Hey, Autumn Marsh, how's a uh, little Zachary Stephen Marsh doing? I hope she's growing up well. <laughs> the more that I think about that and the more that the name uh like sits in my ears, I think we gotta mm-hmm. we gotta cut that last name and change it. We gotta change the yep. marsh. Let's make it like what was it, Steven? What, what Zach was... Steven. Zachary Steven. Yeah. Nebula. Ooh, that's that that's gonna work Nebula. well at the club yeah. one day. Autumn, go ahead and change <laughs> that kid's last name to Nebula. Yeah, for, can you go ahead and pop a nebula on the end for of their that joint course. godfather, Zach mm-hmm. and Steven. Yes. <laughs> How are you this week? I'm I'm good, pal. I celebrated a birthday last week. I'm officially twenty six. A year older, a year wiser. Mm-hmm. We're the same Definitely. age right now. Aw. We are finally. We can 26. live out that fantasy. You're still in your mid twenties, mm-hmm. but that sand time. What I was gonna call it a sand time. The glass. sand time glass. The hourglass. <laughs> the sand time glass is running on the mid twenties <laughs> because I feel like twenty seven is early late twenties, mm-hmm. and not really mid twenties anymore. I agree. I think the mid twenties are the twenty four, twenty five, twenty six. How are you feeling about it these days? Do you kind of feel like you're already a guy in his thirties sometimes? I feel like I act like a guy in his 30s sometimes, but... Uh... I have hundreds of hours of content that prove otherwise. <laughs> That's very fair. No, no I, I, hear what you're I saying. don't feel very existential very often, because I'm just kind of vibing. Uh, but it's, you know, I feel like 26 feels the same as 25 to me. I largely feel the same, but I do feel like the last couple years have been a catapult... From sure. young adulthood to, like, I'm still a young adult, but uh, to adulthood now. I agree. Is how I feel. That's definitely how it feels. But I wish I had your not so existential thought 
brain process. Mm-hmm. What is my words? It's what fine. is your words, the, Zach? The sand time glass of my words is running low <laughs> for this podcast. Uh, what was I going to say? <laughs> uh, something. Oh, existential thoughts. All the time, I'm having moments where I'm Michael in that moment where he's like, got to keep moving. Got to yeah, keep moving. You'll start moving. thinking about death. Oh, I'm definitely thinking about it now. Oh, mm-hmm. definitely thinking about it. That's me all the time. Right now. Right Let's now. talk well, about we, the good place. Unless you are, have anything you want to talk about. We are all constantly dying. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Speaking of, we're all constantly dying. Mm-hmm. I saw it. Yeah. Didn't love it. Mm. Didn't Shocked. like it. I, I didn't hate it, but I kind of nothing, nothing it. Mm-hmm. Love Harrison Ford. Yeah. I think he should keep starring in movies. I, I love John Williams' score. I think he should keep... That was his last one, right? He said it was going to be, and then recently he said, I'm just going to keep doing it until I can't do it anymore. And nice. I kind of love the hell out of that. I love The man's that too. 92 years old. And when this movie premiered, there was a thing at, at one of the premieres where like they surprise rose the screen, and it was John Williams conducting an orchestra behind That's it. That's fucking cool. And he was giddy like a little kid. Aww conducting and the man's 92 so i hope he keeps john williams has made some of my favorite musical moments in film period and so recognizable i used to play a game with a friend where we would have we had a playlist with all six at the time star wars movies nice or no there were seven at the time because the force Force awakens Awakens had come out we would hit shuffle and we would see who could guess first the movie movie? and the scene yeah that's so and like you can do it (laughs) that's so dumb (laughs) That's cool. I I think that's cool. Clearly, that's I was not getting laid at the time. Thing. Yeah. Well, you couldn't because the Star Wars playlist was on, and you'd have to stop every couple of seconds. <laughs> like, hey, them. this is an episode two. This is the clones attack. This is the clones attack. <laughs> <laughs> when John Williams passes away, I think it's going to be felt for a long mm-hmm. time because I don't know. He and Steven Spielberg together built what the modern blockbuster is Mm -hmm. and what it sounds like and he's still they're both still doing it and i think people are going to be trying to recapture that and recreate it much like the dial of destiny tries and fails Mm -hmm. to for a long time i think people are gonna be i don't know i think he's as important as any classical artist to the culture to music as a whole i think he just wow yeah and, and, and it's crazy because it's kind of like when you see in like sports or things like that, there's like a very clear greatest of all time in some sports, right? The person who's like, okay, this person has all the records, all the accolades, and number two isn't close. I feel that way about like film composition. Sure, you have your Giacchinos, your Danny Elfmans, and they're great, but like the gap between what they've achieved in recognizability and John Williams is steep. Well, it's those one in a million artists that everything that comes after Mm -hmm. it has like a connective thread to it somehow. So like even the best of the best of the best, and there are many best of the Mm -hmm. best composers working right now or still coming up right now. Yeah, with incredible things. Somehow, somewhere, they were influenced and inspired by John Williams. Yeah. And I don't think that's ever going to stop, ever. No. And it's cool that he's making scores into his 90s so like new people are being exposed to it that aren't watching movies from the... 80s or 70s mm-hmm. anyway do you want to talk about anything else i'm glad that we focused on a positive for a second because yeah. i didn't love the new indiana jones movie and i could say quite a bit about it so mm-hmm. i i'm glad that we're kind of playing nice here <laughs> yeah look at the bright side we're being our best selves today zach that's true 
Well, I'm still working on it because remember I had to pretend to be mm-hmm. the fetus in your tummy to to yeah. pass as a good person. Well, <laughs> you, Zach, to me, you're the fetus in my tummy every day. We're here to talk about season two, episode ten of the Good Place. It's chapter twenty three. The episode is called "Best Self." This episode is directed by Julie Ann Robinson. This is Julie the only, Andrews. This is the only episode <laughs> of The Good Place that she directed. But well, she's outside busy. of Dame this show, Judy Andrews. She directed Julie a ton Andrews? of things. She directed including five episodes of Grey's Anatomy, one episode of Pushing Daisies, five oh, episodes I love Pushing of Daisies. Weeds, which I know is a show that you I like. like. Weeds. Mm-hmm. One episode of Parks and Rec, two episodes of The Middle, and two episodes of Brooklyn Nine Nine. The Middle's really good too. It is I a like good show. Middle. It's a great family show. She's done mm-hmm. an episode of Orange Is the New black an episode of ap bio which i really like nice. a lot um one episode of a show that recently i loved this show mm-hmm. i guess not that recent it was 2019 or 2020 called on becoming a god in central florida with you've Kristen told me about Dunst, that, that unfortunately was renewed for a second season and it's now never going to be made because of covid um because mm-hmm. it was like at the it it came out at the beginning of COVID, so production Damn. for it would have been the beginning of COVID, and it just never happened. Sad. It was a great show, and it mm-hmm. kind of stood as a story in one season, so I recommend checking it out if if you have wow. access to it. I don't know where. And more recently, Julie directed two episodes of Bridgerton. Night well, tracks being from the UK herself, Miss Dame Julie Andrews. Miss Dame, Ju- <laughs> is that the proper way? Uh, yes, <laughs> Madam hello, Miss Dame. Dame Julie Andrews. Very <laughs> nice to meet you. Cordial, cordial. I'm saying the right name, right? Julie Andrews is Dame. Yeah, but I think when you say it, you're getting tripped up thinking of Dame Judy Dench. Dench, yeah. And so, but Julie Andrews is also a Dame, I believe. I don't know, but Julie Andrews is who you're thinking she is. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, big fan. This episode was written by Tyler Strasel. I'm not sure how to say this last name. S T R A E S S L E. Strasel. Strasel. Uh, This is the only episode of The Good Place that he wrote, but he was on the show for something like 20 episodes. And outside of this, he has the writing credit uh, for writing the teleplay for five different Hallmark films. Oh, there we go. Mr. Holiday Handcuffs one of them? Are they the, like, holiday ones? No, that's actually, I believe, an ABC family joint. Oh, fuck, you're right. I know. God damn it. That was a good one. Mm -hmm. Was it Melissa Joan Hart? Yeah, and Mario Lopez. Mario Lopez. Mm-hmm. I think that was actually, as a kid, my introduction to Mario Lopez. Nice. Because I was never really, I, I feel like there wasn't a lot of Saved by the Bell on TV for us. Mm. I was on Nickelodeon and show it. Really? Like, I never really mm-hmm. watched Saved by the Bell. Did you watch it? Um. Yeah, it wasn't my favorite though. Yeah. This episode of The Good Place originally aired on January 11th, 2018. So January 2018, we're past okay, the Christmas beginning holiday. of the year. So that means we're going to talk about the... movie and album. Mm-hmm. And this was like this was when I was into listening to a lot of music. So my chances are okay. Did I say album? We're going to start with the album. That's not what I meant to say, but I'll stick with it. Well, no, that... no, no. You didn't say that. I'm no. just thinking for myself. Yeah, then I'm not going to do that because I always start with the movie. We're going to talk about the number one movie. Was this Thor Ragnarok is... out yet? What do you say? Was Thor Ragnarok out yet? Couldn't tell you. Mm-hmm. This movie is a legacy sequel Mm -hmm. to a creepy children's classic adventure film. A children's adventure film. Do you feel like you know what it is? I I did until you reiterated children's adventure film. It's a children's film film that's an adventure film that's creepy. Uh 
it's not a Halloween movie. It just is a uh-huh. creepy kind it's of movie. A creepy. And this is a new legacy sequel uh, with a really all-star cast. They ended up making a sequel to this sequel. Um, I don't know if you've seen it. You definitely know the movie. It's got at least three people that are very, very famous in it. It's not it, because that's not a children's movie. No, I'm going to throw you. We've got a Dwayne The Rock Johnson in the mix. This was not Race to Witch Mountain. We've got a Jack Black in the mix. Oh, fuck. Okay. Uh, I love this, and I liked the sequel, uh, Jumanji. Do you remember what the first one was called of this iteration? Jumanji colon... Back in the game. Welcome to the jungle. Welcome to the jungle. Uh, I like these much better than the original Jumanji, and I prefer Zathura to Jumanji, if I'm being honest. I I love things about the original Jumanji, but as a movie, does not hold up that well. I'm going to give you a direct hint for the album. No thoughts on that. That you don't like Jumanji? No, I was just moving the train along. What did you say? <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> You know what, Zach? Never mind. Let's get, let's go to the album. Let's go to the album. I'll tell Zach. you what. When I'm editing this and I hear what you said, I will have thoughts on it, and I'll be like, "Man, mm-hmm. I if only I had been able to say something to him in in response." Yeah, we'll if never only. know what that would have looked like. I don't like the original Jumanji as much as either of the remakes or Zathura. I can't really give an opinion because I haven't seen Jumanji since I was a kid, mm-hmm. and I've never seen Zathura. Oh, Josh Hutchinson. Sure. As a, like a, I don't know, 10-year-old? I'll give you a Kevin Hart. Yeah, Kevin Hart's really funny. Karen Gillian? album for what? Karen Gillian's in the two yeah. new Jumanjis? Yes, Karen Gillan, I think. I don't think sure, there's another I'll take I. It. I think it's Gillan. There's a lot. It gets confusing for me when there's all those damn lines. There's the number one album, I... January 11th, 2018. Mm-hmm. If I had tickets to the hottest concert tour going on right now, uh-huh. This would probably be my least favorite era. Oh, yeah. Reputation, Taylor Swift. <laughs> yeah, so. there you go. That was the mm-hmm. number one album of 2018. It is her worst album. I haven't I have even, not I heard her most recent one, but... If I've listened to a Taylor album all the way through, it was either Red or probably 1989. I've never really listened. Good. I just know her radio songs. I'm not a huge fan, but I'm not a, I'm not against. I'm not pro I. I liked self. her until the Reputation era. Now I don't really care for Taylor Swift. I really didn't like the Reputation I thought it was, vibe. Really it was not corny. Not a cute look. Yeah. Not a cute look at all. And like, why'd you choose to beef with Katy Perry? <laughs> <laughs> okay, Steven, we're going to move on. Talking about best self with one of my favorite segments every week. It's mm-hmm. time to learn everything that happened in this episode before we discuss everything that happened in this episode through... Everyone's favorite time of the week. Did Steven watch the episode this week? Watch the episode this week. You've got 20 (laughs) seconds on the clock. (laughs) I didn't hate what you did. I just didn't have anything to say about it. Yeah. You've got 20 seconds on the clock to explain to us what happened this week in the episode best self and you will be harshly scored and graded based on your performance how are you feeling at this hour you know i'm gonna be honest with the world right now i usually watch the episode by myself do you feel like that helps you focus on it 
Well, it's just that I'm watching it like at three in the morning, so Danny's asleep. But I was like, hey, Danny, let's watch it together this time, which was fine as she wasn't really distracting me or anything. But that means I watched it earlier than this. And for this show, it's been at least 12 hours since I've seen the episode. So we'll see. We'll see, Zach. I really don't know how I'm going to do today. I think I know the episode well. I think that there's not a ton of things that happen. 12 hours is not a long time to have that much loss of retention. Well, when it's normally like four. Sure. I remember 12 hours ago just fine. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe there's a bigger problem here that we didn't know about. You've got 20 seconds on the clock. I'm going to count it down. If you're ready, at your ready, I, I You know what? I'm ready. Okay, let's do this. Three, two, one, go. The gang slipped out of Sean's clutches temporarily, but their time is limited, so they've got to find a way to the good place. Michael says, I'll make a device. Fine. He makes a magical balloon that tells them whether they are their best selves or not, because you have to be to get to the good place. Um, they, through different series of events, Chidi and Eleanor both fail the test, and Tahani fails, and they find out Michael was lying. It's not real. He doesn't Stop. know how to get there. You got half of the episode. You got I got half the episode. Half of the episode. Right in the middle. Wasted way too much time on setting up the idea of the balloon. Mm-hmm. You could have just been like, there's a balloon and you got to do this. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, that was not great. And I feel like you didn't do that well either last week. What happened over our break, buddy? You were doing well before, I think. I really was. You what know, happened? Slipping. Slipping. I got to shake Is off your the rust. Heart I got to shake off the rust. Are you here with me? I need you here with me, Steven. Are you here with me? Zach, don't do this right now. Don't do this right now. Because <laughs> that was another... Don't do this right now. I don't even know. That was the Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny of did Steven watch the episode this week's... Yeah. Is... I'm going to give that like a C. Okay, that's fair. Almost I didn't get C any of the minus... emotional stuff. All I got was the was the setup. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Not my it's best. really almost a C minus, but I said C, so I'll stick to it. Let's move past it. Let's do some trivia. I've got like seven questions for you this week. I think I've got nine for you. Okay, buddy. then go ahead. Um, what part of Optimus Prime does Jason want to ride in? That was my first question. The right nipple, the shotgun yeah. of Optimus Prime. <laughs> go ahead and give me another one then. Um, how many heads did Michael's childhood pet have? Ten. Mm-hmm. Okay. According to Cheaty, how often do our bodies change? Every day. Nope. Twice. Puberty. I don't I don't know. What's this? Every seven years. It's in oh. when he's like ranting to Tahani and Eleanor after he's uh, denied the first time. Mm-hmm. I see. My turn again, huh? Mm-hmm. What is ultimate shotgun? Ultimate shotgun would be the top of the balloon. You got it, buddy. You got it. I don't know if I agree, but. No, I think it's dangerous, but it'd be cool, I guess. What ballooning snacks has Janet prepared for the humans? Oh, I don't know this one. Um, frozen yogurt? Wait, really? Janet, they come back after one of the times somebody got denied, and Janet has like a woven basket full of a snack that's specific to each of them. I don't know that that was in my episode. Jason it might have been. Twizzlers. Yeah, Eleanor got not. shrimp. Cheaty got a thing with hard-boiled eggs. 
No, and for Tahani, not. she got Lord Vivian's vinegar drenched cuttlefish crisps. No, that was not that my was episode at all. Yeah, Lord Vivian's vinegar drenched cuttlefish crisps. Wow. And that Tahani terrible. takes them and says, "Oh, my favorite savory dessert." And then she looks at them and says, "Oh, they're not pickled. No, thank you." <laughs> That's funny. Would you try Lord Vivian's vinegar drenched cuttlefish crisps? I would. Probably. Yeah. What's on Chidi's frozen yogurt? Oh, damn. I was too busy paying attention to how none of them were actually eating any of it mm-hmm. because it's mashed potatoes. So I don't know. It's funny. I don't know. It was almonds and like a chocolate bar. But I thought it was funny there were almonds on there. Because, you know, the film. He likes mm-hmm. the film when it's milkified. What was Eleanor's yearbook quote? That was my next question. Um, was it you're not better than me? Yeah, you're not nice. better than me. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Give me another one. Give me another. What's the name of the band Jason wants to start with Michael? <laughs> Los Lonely Boys. The Rock and Roll Buddies. That's cute. I don't know if that was in my episode. It might have been. That's cute. It has been a whole 12 hours. Yeah. Who knows? Um, what shape is love? It's a five-dimensional blob. You got it. How many plans to get into the good place has Michael tried? I think I have that question too. Was it 1 billion and 12? Yes. Good job. Nice. Where was Jason's mom a manager? At a pet store. You got it. And Jason robbed the pet store mm-hmm. and she helped him. But then it was all a dream. <laughs> <laughs> what comes in the human starter kit? Oh, there's like a, some keys for him to lose. Uh-huh. There's like a banana in there. But what what are the things that he mentions? Yeah, there was some stuff. Useless you don't remember stuff. any of it. You remember the car keys. Remember the car keys. There's band-aids the for your stupid, fragile bodies. Remember the band-aids. Well, here's what happened. He said, there's band-aids for your stupid, fragile bodies. Then Danny was like, oh, I need a band-aid. And she went up to go <laughs> and get a band-aid. And then I don't remember what he said. Uh, a stress ball with a dumb stress ball with a logo. dumb corporate logo oh, like, that, that you're gonna count. find every once in a while and be like, oh, There's I'm gonna throw this out. You're like, oh, I'm gonna use this. It? Do you remember and it? the last one it's coming back to you a little bit was a Doctor Oz diet book. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's the one. That's my trivia. I've got one more for you. What was the last thing deleted from the neighborhood from the Good Place? A ladybug. A ladybug. I remember. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Nice. Good one. Nice. Yeah, That's trivia. Good. You did really well. Let's talk about this episode. I mentioned before we started recording, and I'll just, I guess, explain. There was a moment in this episode as we were watching it that I thought I was going to be miffed because I was expecting it to go the route of Michael is messing with them for fun again. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really smart that he's not doing that. He's using his skills at doing that to stall while he tries to figure out what the hell they're actually doing. So there's still deceit in it like everything Michael does, but it wasn't just a, oh, shucks, I have fun doing it. I thought we were too far past that point with his growth as a character to Mm -hmm. do that again. And that's not what they did. So I ended up walking away from this episode really enjoying it, especially as it gets to the end and we realize how this episode's a goodbye to the setting that we've spent Mm -hmm. so much time so far 
in this show like every episode we've spent in this neighborhood yeah. and, and we've really gotten to know it and it's become a really iconic television setting over the course of these two seasons and, and as far as we know that. now it's non-existent it's all mm-hmm. faded away and i think as the episode gets further into it and becomes more about that and it gives some big character moments and beats i think it becomes a really successful episode yeah, I do too. It's kind of like not a stopping point, but like you said, it's it's the end of an era. It's the transition from, okay, this show was one thing, then it was another thing, now it's something else. And I think that this kind of low-key signifies the start of that new what this show is, and mm-hmm. I think that it kind of opens up the bigger than the world, the, the universe that this mm-hmm. show exists within, and I think is going to start to just expand and really show how massive some of the ideas that they go for in this show are. And I'm really excited for that. I'm really excited for kind of what this episode just means and the growth that it signifies in some of the characters. I think it's, it's a really cool milestone moment for pretty much everybody in the main group. Everybody. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We talk a lot about watching this show together in a way as it first aired and always Mm -hmm. talking to each other about the episode and being like, Oh my God, what are they going to do next? I remember that specifically this episode was one of those very biggest times where we were like, they destroyed the setting of the show. (laughs) Yeah. What are they going to do for seasons? And now we know, so I don't have that same reaction, but it Mm -hmm. has some series finale vibes in this episode as they turn the lights off and look at the hospital one last time before the series ends. That's Mm -hmm. how this episode feels, but again, it's the good place, so it's not an ending, it's a beginning, it's a jumping off point. And I think it's a good jumping off point. You mentioned before we started recording that you felt this is kind of one of those sort of time-wasty episodes that we got mostly I could see how one. somebody could see it as that. I think that it's more important than those episodes because it's almost like a check-in of where all the characters are emotionally before we change our setting. But I think that it does kind of... It's another one of those episodes where, okay, something's happening, but it's all contained to here and kind of pauses the urgency of what's going on. But this episode is better than that because then it reminds you of the urgency at the end of the episode. Well, I mean, this episode feels better than they give us a really specific reason why everybody has got a little bit of downtime to regroup instead of episodes where like. Why are all the humans allowed to just go plot somewhere? Mm -hmm. Why are Eleanor and uh, Trevor allowed to go out to dinner together when we've got this big decision? Even though later we found out the reasons why, this episode never feels like that while you're watching it. Because Mm -hmm. even though it does take a second to regroup, there's a reason for it. And they explain it in a way that makes sense. Let's talk about the episode. It starts off with the gang. They're ready to leave the neighborhood because they think that the next thing is to go to the good place and to find the good place. And Michael brings up that to do this, he has to design a unique transportation vehicle, which gives us the first of a lot of great Jason moments in this episode. Yeah. When he brings up, is it Optimus Prime? What? (laughs) Is it Optimus Prime? And if it is, can I ride in the right nipple? The shotgun of the Optimus Prime. And he's like, no. We need no. I need to build. I need to build this thing. I need a couple days to do it, and it's decidedly not Optimus Prime. But <laughs> Eleanor brings up that Sean could be there any second, so they don't have two days to build a thing. Yeah, Tahani's already worried if there's going to be a business class for her to sit in, in in this place, so she can be separate from everybody else in a slightly nicer cabin. I think that's funny. I think so too, because at least in in my episode, the way it's set up is 
is he's like, and before you ask, no, there's not a business class. And she's like, are you sure? And he's like, yes. And then that's, it's really funny. Yeah. They all know each other now. Mm-hmm. And Michael, especially, because he's seen so many versions of them yeah. ask the same types of questions so many times that he, <laughs> more than any of them, can probably just predict exactly what they're going to think or say at any yeah. time. Chidi is really ready to go, and he says that they've got to go and get out of here. So Michael logs into his account so he can start pulling up the plans and building the thing. And his password, what was your first pet? Karloff, the tin-headed dog spider. <laughs> <laughs> and the hot air balloon descends from the sky. Uh, as Janet helps bring it down. The gang prepares to go to the good place, which is a big moment for them, even though I feel like I always had the thought of, yeah, it's that simple. They just get on, they're just going to go to the good place. I thought the whole point was that even Michael, and that's set up so well over the course of the mm-hmm. series, that even Michael has never known that much about the good place because he's yeah. not involved with it. Yeah, so the gang prepares to go to to go to the good place as far as they know, and Jason has his ultimate shotgun about the top of the balloon moment. <laughs> I don't shotgun is the passenger seat. Yeah. I feel like the passenger seat is whatever's closest to the driver. So the passenger seat would be whatever's closest to like the fire thing in the middle of the hot air balloon. Well, here's what I'll say. We gotta talk about the history of, of hot air balloons. Of shotgun. Okay, sure. Is it racist? So, Are you gonna tell me it's no, been racist it, this whole time? It dates back to more like uh, Wild West, I'll say, times. So it is where you'd be in like a wagon. So you'd be in like a, a horse pulled wagon, and the person riding shotgun would be riding in the front next to the driver so that they could shoot with the shotgun when they yes. were escaping or doing outlaw things. So I think it, it's the most optimal position to, to be shooting shoot. people. Yeah, it's the which sniper might be the, the top, the of, the top of the balloon. If things are coming at you from the sky, but well, I think you'd want to be in the basket in like a sniper but position. What's the most stable part of the balloon? It's the it's the it's the top of the balloon. The basket you think will so? sway. I feel like that thing. The top will kind of just. I raise. I don't know. I feel like that thing is like tarp or whatever. So he sits on it. It sags down. I feel like it affects the flight of the balloon. Mm. Maybe your buns get a little toasty too. Well, sure. You got to wear the the heat repellent. Michael reminds them in the next moment that he has no idea what's going to happen when they get to the good place. They're just going to show up there and hope that they let them in. And there's a really funny, I think, timely at this time and always timely joke when Eleanor says, what kind of a messed up place would turn away refugees? I feel like the U.S. was turning away refugees at the time. Oh, probably. Was that not in your episode or did you not think of it that way? Netflix took that one out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. they're talking about the getting into the good place. Michael's like, I don't know if they'll let us in. It's like, what kind of messed up place would turn away refugees? I feel like that's Damn. a pointed joke yeah. at the States at the time. Uh, yeah, 2018, yeah. that sounds right. I feel like that's the kids in boxes kind of time. Um, That was also the but Syrian before refugee time. True, true, true. Mm-hmm. Tahani is upset that they have to go so quickly because she really wishes she had worn a ballooning outfit. But she tries to go on the balloon and she's stopped by like a force field around it. And Michael tells them to go say goodbye to the neighborhood because I'm going to figure this stuff out. Obviously, something's going on. Don't get on the balloon. I'll figure this out. You guys go away. So That's not in mine at all. There's a moment in this when Eleanor says, hurrah, do you? Do you have that moment? That Was whole not there? force field part's not in my yeah. episode. So Michael says, you guys have time to say goodbye to the neighborhood. And Eleanor says, hurrah. After Tahani says, I have time to grab an outfit. Eleanor says, hurrah. And Tahani's like, are you making fun of me? And she says, no, I'm genuinely excited to see you in that outfit. <laughs> no, that's it's not in my, in my episode at all. The whole balloon outfit is in my thing. 
Okay, so then the next scene is probably where it starts for you, where the gang enjoys a last round of Froyo together, sitting mm-hmm. on the curb. Um, Jason should have known it was the bad place all along because he's been eating all this frozen yogurt, getting diarrhea from all this frozen yogurt. Now he has diarrhea all the time. I should have known it was the bad place because of all the diarrhea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Eleanor thinks that they're all talking about what their uh, interpretation of the good place would be, what they hope they get. And Eleanor, she hopes that her new home is going to be a Hawaiian beach with unlimited Mai Tais Mm -hmm. and a phone. She gets so excited about the idea of having a phone. I've probably got so many texts. Yeah, a dead person thinking, (laughs) oh, I'm going to have so many texts when I get a phone. That's so funny. (laughs) R.I.P. <laughs> Tahani wants them all to be together, but more specifically, she wants her own home and she wants a lawn big enough for a tasteful moat. A tasteful moat, yeah. Jason just wants more frozen yogurt, and Tahani says, Why? 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 <laughs> <laughs> Chidi wants a huge library and to debate and to learn, and he also wants a real soulmate, which brings up that this is going to be one of the big Chidi Eleanor relationship mm-hmm. trauma struggle episodes. Which smartly, it doesn't resolve it. It just like really deliberately reminds us that what's going on is going yeah. on, and it's getting more tense because Chidi says he wants a real soulmate, and then immediately kind of flusters and is like, oh, I'm sorry. I, I meant for all of us. I for think we should all of all us get a to soulmate. have one. We all get a soulmate, yeah. And at that <laughs> moment, to break the tension, Janet pops in and tells him that the balloon is ready. Mm-hmm. So we're back to the main town area. The balloon has that scale in front of it, and it will only transport those who have attained self-realization. It's another thing that Michael has just made up, but there are all these like ancient texts that Janet has to transcribe mm-hmm. to them that only those who have attained self-realization will be allowed. So one at a time, they step up to the scale and see if they get approved to board. Eleanor, I thought this was a good Eleanor moment, that she's first and she's permitted to go on, because one of the themes of this season for me has been how far Eleanor as a character has come. Yeah, And I think she's come really far. Had a lot of growth. Even though it gets complicated in this episode, I think it makes sense Mm -hmm. that she stands up, and yes, she is her best self. She's allowed to get on. Then Tahani, she's allowed to get on. Jason walks up with his fingers crossed and they let him in. He says, oh, dip. <laughs> and then Chidi is the one who is denied. The last one to step up, he's denied. And he goes, "Odd nuts. <laughs> <laughs> and he starts talking about how he had fears and he had, or he had concerns and the concerns became fears. And now they are fears and he's afraid. And that's keeping him from being his best self. So Eleanor takes a moment with her friend and just one of these moments that shows like the chemistry they have and yeah. the bond that they I have. This is a really funny, cheaty episode. He has a lot of really good laughs in this one. He does. It's a good cheaty episode in other angles too because he, mm-hmm. he has a lot to deliver in this episode and he does it really well. Eleanor says, okay, Dr. Freakout, let, let me take you for a chat. And they go to talk. So Chidi spills out his guts, his anxiety, and all of the things that he's thinking about right now in this situation. And, and talks a lot about how he's he's concerned that there's been so many reboots and maybe another Chidi was the best Chidi. And how do I know that this version is the best version of myself? How do I know it's not version number 85 or 322 or 558? Or 69 or 420. Yeah, and, and then you get into the whole idea of... <laughs> That was a good moment. That was really funny. And now he's not even sure if he's real, if he's the real true Chidi. Tahani takes a second and asks Eleanor, does this go on very long? Is he going to tire himself out? And Eleanor <laughs> says that usually he does, but this one seems, this one seems to be amping up. So Eleanor tells him, and this is cute, that if they're all the best versions of themselves, it's because of him. So mm-hmm. he has to be also. 
Let's go get you back on that scale, Dorcas, she says, and and takes him back. This is the scene where Janet provides them all with snacks, and Tahani turns down her non-pickled favorite savory dessert. So it's time to try and board again. Chidi is permitted. Was this whole scene not... Well, this must have been there. The them getting on the balloon, yes, but the snacks I don't think was in it. Chidi is permitted on, Tahani and Jason are allowed, and then at last, Eleanor isn't this time, and she says, Chidi got in my head. (laughs) Was that in yours? Yeah. Yeah. Right? So Eleanor thinks she can fix it. She knows why. And she returns a necklace that she stole from Tahani. That was funny. I stole this from your house. She's still denied. Come on, Scale. Be cool. (laughs) So Michael suggests they take some time. He's just trying to stall. But Eleanor says she knows why this is happening. She thinks that the other version of herself, specifically the one that made a sex tape with Chidi, is Mm -hmm. the best Eleanor and that she's a lesser version of it that's holding stuff in. And I like the way she says it hurts me a lot to say this, but I don't think I'm the best version of myself. Mm-hmm. And she asked Michael to give them more context about the universe or the, the reboot where their relationship grew like that. And and I thought it was cute how the reason Chidi fell for her was because she knew when he was about to need a Kleenex before he sneezed. And I think that that's so cute. And I think that it's so easy to visualize everything they say, them walking along the lake and having their first kiss and like all these things. Like I can visualize that entire run through. Well, a worse show would have shown us that. Mm-hmm. And we get everything we need from Michael explaining what happened that one time and just getting the glimpses of it that happened to be captured on video. Yeah, and I think that it's great that we get to see their reactions to him saying that versus us seeing that happen. What do you think about Michael's take on kissing? And you had your first kiss, which gross. Kissing is gross. You just mash your food holes together. It's not for that. Anyway, I think it's really funny. That's not what those are for. Gross. You just mash your food holes together. It's (laughs) not for that. (laughs) I think that's really funny. It's a really funny delivery. And it is one of those things that at the core, there is some truth to it. Mm -hmm. Obviously, kissing is fun and I'm not going to stop kissing. But a lot of those body on body contact type activities, if you get down to the thought of it when you're not doing it, you're like, that's kind of gross because bodies are gross and and mouths are gross. And you just mash your food holes together. It's not for that. It's not for that. Tahani (laughs) suggests that those who are approved go to the good place and maybe later they'll send back the magic balloon for the red lights later on. But she's denied, of course, right after she says that. And I like the way that she says, oh, the thing thinks I'm Eleanor. And she walks up to it and says, it is I, Tahani. (laughs) (laughs) And still denied. (laughs) That was very funny. Jason also is coming to some terms that he knows he isn't his best self because he's dodging his relationship issues with Tahani and with Janet. Mm -hmm. And this is the moment where he says the band that he wants to start with Michael, the rock and roll buddies. I wanted to ask Michael to join a band with me. And Michael's like, actually, you did. You did tell me about that. And I said, no, I'm not interested. That might have been. I don't remember it, but there's a chance. It's been 12 hours, Zach. Then Janet knows that she's the best version of herself because she has the most up-to-date OS operating system. UI, what does that stand for? I said the wrong thing. You were right. It's user interface is UI. But OS. Eleanor questions whether or not she is her best self because she is also dodging her baggage with Jason and with Tahani. Uh, she's dodging her love. What is what what spurs the five dimensional blob line? What does Eleanor say? Um, you're in a love triangle. love triangle. She's like, love's not a triangle. It's actually a five dimensional blob. So, mm-hmm. 
Eleanor tells her to step on the scale, and I love the effects when she does that it just goes weird and It's kind of like a divide by and, zero thing. It's like, yeah, <laughs> I don't know what to do. That's a great way mm-hmm. to explain it. It's like a calculator that they yeah. can't calculate whatever you typed into it. Mm-hmm. And when it goes haywire, Tahani says, my beautiful balloon scale. And someone <laughs> goes, it's not yours. Not yours. <laughs> <laughs> Michael is bubbling up with his feelings. And the more that I sit on this episode, I think they waste the perfect amount of time on the scale thing. Yeah. And as soon as it's like, all right, dump it. This isn't working. Michael mm-hmm. explains and we move on to the second half of the episode. And he comes clean pretty, like, he's like, okay, listen, guys, this isn't. I think if this were the whole episode and then they tried to make a cliffhanger out of Michael saying, this is what's really going on. I don't know how to get to the good place. That would have been a time wasted episode. That would have been a super time wasty. But I think that they do the bit and get out pretty quick. It works really well. So Michael is feeling all these human feelings. Feel, humans feel so many feelings. He's he's beginning to feel, what do you call it, after sad? <laughs> that was really funny. And he comes out with the truth. He also says the only feelings humans should have are anger and confusion. Which holds pretty true in this episode. In this episode, but you got to have some happy... Um, you got to have the happy. I don't know, is hungry an emotion? Mm-mm. Hunger is, is a state of being. Horny in emotion. It's, a, it's also a state of being. Hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Is isn't anger a state of being? No, it's an emotion. <laughs> okay, hey, I get it. I get it now. I'll be here all week. So you only need anger and confusion. He mm-hmm. he tells them that the balloon thing was just a time waster because he doesn't know how to get into the good place. Kind of a corny line here when Eleanor says, Michael's right. I'm angry and confused. It was a little yeah. sitcom but I mean, this is a sitcom. Michael's plan has been a lie this whole time. Not just the balloon, but this whole time he's been saying he has an idea of how to get them to the good place. He's been telling them that he's got a plan while he's tried to figure out how they're going to get in. He's tried so many plans. He's tried a billion and 12 plans, but the only way to get into the good place that he knows is by being a good person when you were on Earth. But Michael feels truly bad now because he's learned all this stuff about ethics as he was lying to them and learning how bad what he was doing was being stuck in it. It's really bad for a demon. Funny interaction between him and Chidi when Chidi says, how did you know I doubt myself and turn the scale red? And Michael's like, yeah, I'm a puppet master. It's pretty (laughs) easy. I've done this before. I know what I'm doing. It wasn't hard. But it isn't torture. He's just using his torture skills to do this. That's funny. He wanted them to live in the neighborhood forever at a point, but now that's not an option because they're going to have to tear it down. So Jason asks uh, what's going to happen next, and he says that eventually Sean will find them and find out that someone was helping them, and they'll go to the bad place, and he'll be retired. And he stops to say, Eleanor, you're mad at me. And Eleanor's not mad. She's just disappointed. Does anyone ever drop that on you? Did your mom ever drop a, I'm not mad, I'm just disappointed? That always means they're mad. Yeah. It hurts more, though. Yeah, but I don't think it does anymore. I think it's gone back to the other side. If that's just the thing people say. I don't care. Or maybe I just don't <laughs> Maybe feel. you just don't give a shit. Yeah, I don't think I, think I that's feel. that's just you, Zach. Yeah. Maybe. When you go to check out your 12-hour thing, maybe I'll check out, like, why I don't have any empathy or... There we or, go. Yeah. Yeah. Look into that. Tahani claims that they're out of options, but Eleanor suggests the Shellstrop classic move, which is to ignore the problem and drink heavily. Hey, there you go. This is the period of the episode that I remember the most, I think. So I remembered the hot air balloon and all that, but I really remembered this episode being sweet 
and mm. sad in a sweet way and and a real moment of showing how far this crew has come as a team just mm-hmm. this season they're having this nighttime party uh and tahani and jason start this off by having a little talk about their situation michael <laughs> jason really wanted to pop the balloon but michael told him no and then he asked if he could take the helium <laughs> from the balloon to make his voice silly and make everyone feel better michael didn't say anything so he, he just thinks sighed still and walked on the away. table yeah. <laughs> Tahani wants them to stop seeing each other. She doesn't really even bring up Janet here. It's because she's always used to getting what she needs out of other people and not looking for it for herself. And she feels like this is the time for her to step away and to find her happiness to herself. She's used to being able to ask for a manager to solve her problems, which becomes important Mm -hmm. later. But this time it's just her and she's got to solve her problems. Of course, Jason accepts that so sweetly because he's jason and he's like oh yeah okay i get it my mom was a manager at a pet store he's just like so one thing to the next that he doesn't really care that he's getting dumped in this i know i still feel kind of bad for him though i feel like if this really is your like last day of existence don't fucking break up with somebody i don't think they think it's their last day of existence i think they think they're about to go to the bad place I suppose you're right. I suppose because right. in a couple of scenes they are talking about what's going to be right. a torture. Yeah. Well, I think it's much more both here and with Chidi and Eleanor. It's more of a I can't leave sure, without it's not certain right things to unsaid. Having closure here, but I see what you're saying. You could just fuck Jason one more time and I let would. him die drained. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe picking up three people. A demon, a Janet, and an empty husk by the time Sean got there. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) What happened to Jason? He just... uh, He He got nothing left. His being was sucked into the sky, and he's just gone. (laughs) There's the thing about Jason's mom being a pet store manager and how she got fired after he robbed the pet store where she worked. We actually robbed it together. Long story short, it was all a dream. I so love funny. Jason. <laughs> Tani thanks him for making this easy and kisses him on the cheek, which is a sweet moment. Mm-hmm. But the next thing is Eleanor and Chidi, who are noticeably drunk and are discussing how much feelings suck and how they wish they didn't have them. But Eleanor finally has to tell him that she has feelings for him so she can get it off of her chest. And she says, I know you don't feel the same and that makes me feel angry and confused. Haha, <laughs> Michael was right. But mm-hmm. I need to tell you this before we're gone for forever. And we've all been in this situation where like, you really have it's feelings for someone. You've never said it, but they totally know you yes. have feelings for them. But you're like, I'm finally going to say it. And so you do. And they're like, okay. And you're Thank like, you. okay. <laughs> That's really sweet. That's not exactly what happens here, but it made me think of moments like that. Oh, yeah. There, there are some traumatic formative moments in at least my life where that was the case. Eleanor tries to stop Chidi from saying anything, but he compares what it's like in his brain to being like a fork in the garbage disposal, which I thought was a funny comparison. And that he'll never be able to separate like why they know each other and how they were brought together from if he has feelings or attraction to her or not. And it makes him feel that way, like a fork caught in a garbage disposal, which makes a lot of sense. We've never heard Chidi's perspective on this other than him saying, I don't have feelings for you. Mm -hmm. Of course he's attracted to Eleanor. Of course he feels the spark when they're together. 
together, but he knows that, like, something's cosmically fucked up about all of this. Yeah. I don't know if that's a thing I can build an afterlife relationship off of. It makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. Uh, He says, I wish we could have met each other like normal people do, like at a philosophy class or in my philosophy class or, like, you knocking on my office (laughs) or asking for help with philosophy. And... The way that Eleanor ribbing Chidi has become such a cute, flirty yeah, little thing of her adorable. being like, you suck. And then they kind of both laugh. And he's like, I don't know how people sweet. meet. <laughs> it was really cute. And he's able to tell Eleanor that he's like, well, you're amazing and fearless and obviously symmetrical. <laughs> which is so funny. <laughs> you're such a nerd is the cute thing Eleanor says that ends that yeah. scene. And then it cuts directly to later when Eleanor is giving a toast for the team. They may not be their best selves, but they are a great version of themselves, and it's something worth celebrating. Tahani mm-hmm. then steps up and toasts Eleanor and calls her their leader and, and compares her to an auto mechanic. <laughs> Eleanor's like, that's the nicest thing you've ever said to me. I get it. <laughs> Jason toasts Janet, and I love the my favorite robot, not a robot. Not a robot. My favorite girl, not a not girl. Not a girl. The true hottie, I am attractive, yes. Janet. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Because of the way we were conceived of and created, Janets don't typically give speeches. Oh, she's done. She's not going to give a speech. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> so fucking funny. It's so perfect. The comedic like, time oh, she's is not. She's not going to say it. The beat is just long enough for us to feel it, yeah. and then they say it. It's great. Chidi toasts Michael, and I think it's a really cute moment when he says to Michael, and everyone else is like, yeah, Michael. This is such a nice moment. Mm-hmm. After how far Michael and these humans have come together, when they toast Michael from a genuine place for being the genuine best version of himself because he was a demon torturing these people, and he was able to admit that he made a mistake and move on from that mistake and help people, and it's really, really cute. Yeah, I think it's this, really cute. this whole scene, I didn't cry, but it definitely like gave me the warm and fuzzies when they... I didn't cry, but it made me feel for sure. It made me just feel. Not, it made me smile. It absolutely yeah. made me smile when they, you know, make him an honorary human is such a sweet thing because Michael's like, you know, all I've ever wanted is to like deep down is to learn more about humans and understand why you are the way you are, and I have that with you guys. I feel through experience, feel emotions, and friendship, yeah, yeah. and it's yeah. so special because starting this show. You know, Michael is this godlike figure, and then he's very quickly the devil, and then now he's just he's very a vulnerable. guy, yeah, yeah, who wants to know why he feels the way he does and wants to feel Don't the we way all. he does. It's yeah. so good. I think it's just very. It's weird to say that you know a demon is having a very humanizing run of episodes, but he really is, and it's really yeah. sweet. And I think that the dichotomy of of what Eleanor and Michael were at the start of this show and what they are now is very cool. I agree. And what they are yet to become. Yeah. I think they're, I'm not going to touch on them. We're not going to do a spoiler. Cor- maybe we mm-hmm. could, maybe we could, I, I want to touch on two little light things. We'll, we'll mm-hmm. do a light spoiler corner at the end of the episode. But Ooh, first I like how corner put me there after the, yeah. What did you say earlier about being tied up or something? Was that on here? Yeah. That was uh you uh, being the baby on my bed. Tied up like, Grimace as they squeeze the last Grimace goo for the next shake out of Exactly. Them. Yeah. Just tied up like a leather, like a ball gag leather daddy. Grimace <laughs> leather Grimace bud. daddy. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I like how after this whole episode of them kind of being upset at Michael because he lied to them, Eleanor is able to confess what we all kind of know that this isn't Michael's fault. 
Michael was the only thing that gave them a fighting chance. They could have just been tortured this whole time yeah. and never known anything. It's because of Michael's learning and changing that they are where they are now. And and that's really nice. Because I like when Eleanor, I, for, I didn't write down the line, but she's like, well, look at us. We're just, and then she says five mean things about the yeah, honey. A self-centered narcissist, a tall British giraffe. Uh, yeah. something something socialite like, are these all about me i was gonna do eight for you and one for everyone else but it's so <laughs> cute the like friendship ribbing that's going on yeah here. that now tahani who is such a uptight holds her image so close to her person can hear that from eleanor be like you got me and laugh mm-hmm. with everybody else and that's cute it's really cute. Honestly, those are the best friends. Like mm-hmm. we do that to such an extreme to each other because <laughs> it only comes it, coming from the right person. It's both so funny and you can actually listen and hear yeah. what they're trying to tell you. It's really a nice moment. So mm-hmm. after that, they name Michael an honorary human and present him with a human starter kit. And that whole scene, just like this whole season, is a really great showcase for Ted Danson. Yeah. The, the joy that he feels and, and gives off in that scene is the same joy I feel watching that scene. Yeah. And Ooh, the way keys, I can't to lose and say, and where do are the my pat keys? Thing, and I can do the pat thing. And oh man, <laughs> <laughs> we do do that. And then it, this is all garbage. I have no use for <laughs> it's perfect. <laughs> I love it. It's so sweet. They toast Michael and they have a dance party. The little dance scene, which could be corny in another show, is just cute. I thought it was so cute. I love the way Michael dances by, like, putting his arms in the air. And I love Janet's moonwalk where her feet don't move. Don't move. And she just rolls across the floor. And then the slow music comes on. Unforgettable. At this point, the show has gained so much goodwill for these characters and their relationships That they can pull out this moment that is contrived and is so easily sweet, like so many shows do, Mm -hmm. but we care and we're in. Yeah, this did make me a little bit, you know, a little wispy, as they would say. And even before the shot of Eleanor and Chidi dancing and then holding each other, just Mm -hmm. the shot of Michael and Tahani dancing with the slow music together was so cute. Really sweet. It's just really, really sweet. That it, It's why this episode ends uh, higher for me than lower, mm-hmm. because it's got so much heart right at the point in the series when they've built it up to its boiling yeah. point, and it just works really, really well for me. So they they dance together. Eleanor and Chidi show. They, Eleanor and Chidi share a close, slow dance with each other, where Eleanor gets to lay her head on his chest, and I don't know, does stuff like that call out to you as a as a dancer? When I think it's really intimacy sweet. Intimacy and dance. Absolutely. Like that. I think it's really sweet scenes because dancing can be a very intimate experience and a very like expression expressive experience without saying any words and I think that's a special thing sometimes to communicate how you feel through touch and through movement versus through words. As someone who dances and who Say knows the, the ins and outs and does you. a lot of fast uh, intense dancing. Mhm. Is it tough for you to like do the slow dance sway and head on the chest? Is that tough to like? No, to, I like, bring yourself that, down honestly. to it. You like doing that? Yeah, it's nice. Mm-hmm. Later on, the group is drunk at a picnic table and they're just laughing and sharing stories. The first thing we hear is 
they're Michael just like told them a story and they're like, I don't remember that. And he's like, you don't remember? Oh, that was version one. Of course you don't remember. <laughs> and they all like laugh about it. And Sean sends text messages to Michael. Janet alerts him mm-hmm. to finish shutting down the neighborhood that they're going to find the humans soup. <laughs> but what, what he didn't mean to say soup. He meant no, to say, he meant to say soon. LOL. Although but I did, I did just, just turn somebody into soup. So, so random. random laughing, crying emoji. Anyway, bye. I, <laughs> even though we don't hear it in Sean's voice, the way you hear like so random smiley face and think of it in Sean's demeanor mm-hmm. and voice is so funny. I like because there's a scene maybe a couple episodes ago where Sean's like, you can't tell. I'm absolutely giddy right now. And it's yes. so funny. Same vibes. Jason. They're they're getting ready to leave and to destroy the place and take what comes next for them. And Jason is asking them what they all think the bad place is going to be for them. And I think it's really true to each character, the answer that they come yeah. up with. Jason's, the way Manny delivers it is one of my favorite moments of the episode. I'll probably go to a Skrillex concert and I'll be waiting for the bass drop. And it, it'll never come. <laughs> it's so good. I laughed so hard at Cheaties. Cheaties. Well, I, I can kind of make anything a torture, so I think they'll have plenty of options. It doesn't like, matter I make any what place they I do. go my personal hell, so. <laughs> Eleanor's is true to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be pretty nightmarish for me, too. I would not like that. I've grown more. I like the uh, camping, for those who, for whatever reason, mm-hmm. didn't or haven't watched the episode. I... I'm growing more to the idea of I like going outside Mm -hmm. and I like being able to travel to places and not spend a bunch of money on where I'm staying. Mm. But I think for me to camp in any capacity, I would need to have one of those really nice RVs. Yeah. I would stay in camping. Well, and here's what I'm saying. If I had an RV and I was staying at a lot in an RV, I'd be much more likely to be like, let's set up a tent and sleeping bag and try it. And mm-hmm. if I don't like it, can I can go, go sleep in the, the nice bed in the RV, which See, is what it, I would absolutely See, for me, it's do. the, I don't like being on the ground outside. I get that. I'm similar. I, th- I don't or like another spiders. Thing, I would love the idea of having a bug netting and falling asleep in a hammock. But I don't want to sleep in the hammock all night. Mm-hmm. I want to fall asleep in the hammock and then be like, oh, shit, I've been out here for an hour. I'm going to go into the RV and sleep in the bed. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? There are joys of camping hammock, that really, I would like. So. I think it could be nice. I've never mm-hmm. done it before. Yeah. I don't think I've probably been in a hammock, but I've never had like a midday nap or late evening fall asleep in a hammock. Yeah, I think I would need like a really big hammock to be comfortable. And at that point, like, where am I going to find two trees lined up perfectly like that? You know what I you mean? You do live in Chicago. You just <laughs> you just pick two nearest <laughs> buildings to one another. <laughs> And I set just up a hammock two, in the middle of the street. Two unhoused people, and I just hit it between them, and I'm like, all <laughs> give right, give them just $5 each and because, tell them yeah. to stand up for the next three hours yeah. and lay between them. <laughs> Lift with your legs, not your back. And Tahani is, is the Swiss Alps in autumn. <laughs> in the off, off season. And I'll say, I've been to the Swiss Alps in autumn. Really? I lived in Egypt for a month. I Egypt? lived in Egypt, you lived in in for, Egypt a month. for a month. Um, I've been to the Swiss, Swiss oh. Alps in autumn, and they're absolutely beautiful, so she's bullshitting. I love Eleanor just being like, what? No, that would be fine. You would be fine. <laughs> in the autumn, in the off season. And I like the way that they get Tahani's weird eureka moment. because, El- And it's really subtle, the way that they transition. Mm-hmm. Eleanor saying, you'd be fine. You know what? Honestly, you'd probably be running the place. And then you'd go up to them and be like, oh, give me the manager. And that gives Tahani the, yes, 
the manager. Yes. The ma- who is the manager to of all of this? And everyone's laughing at her, but she's got the root of an idea mm-hmm. that someone is in charge here. It's not Michael. It's yeah. not Sean. There's higher up that they can go. Uh, I don't remember Michael mentioning the judge in the past. Do you? Well, because Sean was the judge. But there's a real judge. I don't think there was ever a moment where they were like, there is actually a judge. Sean was just pretending. I don't think that was a moment. I could have used that moment. But also they weren't, that was from version one where Sean pretended to be the judge. So I don't know how they know about the judge actually. Maybe she did mention it, but I don't remember. She mentions that Michael mentioned a judge and they could go and plead their case. And Tahani would give it an impassioned, finger wagging, <laughs> how dare you speech that would get them in. Michael knows that it won't work. It's a non starter. They'd have to mm-hmm. walk through the bad place as these refugees in, in plain sight, make it to a portal to get there and probably not even be listened to or taken seriously yeah. by the judge. But Eleanor, she takes a big gulp of wine out of her bottle and she's like, yep. All right, let's do it. And Michael isn't like you're crazy. He's overjoyed by that and feels human in that. Um, They have nothing to lose and they have no options. So Michael thinks that that would be the most human thing he could ever do to understand humans, to (laughs) attempt something futile with a ton of unearned confidence and fail spectacularly will make him more human than ever. So the epic line at the end of this scene is, first thing tomorrow morning, we're going to the bad place. Woo. Almost the end of the episode, but first we get a nice little moment of Chidi and Eleanor saying goodbye to Eleanor's house, where we've mm-hmm. spent so much time so far in the show. It was very good night, Moon. Well, I like how it's the exterior of the house, and you hear Chidi's voice saying, well, we've been through a lot here. It's mm-hmm. going to be hard without you. I'll see you next time. And then it cuts inside, and he's talking to the chalkboard, the chalkboard that he's been yeah. teaching people with. I thought it was a really funny bit. Mm-hmm. Chidi says that, and Eleanor, meanwhile, is saying goodbye to the clowns and the architecture she was too trashy to appreciate. <laughs> and then Bad Janet, outside of the train station, shows up with a train for Michael. Michael, as, as she's going on about him being a fat dink and putting stuff in your butt and all that stuff, marbleizes her so they can take the train and, and go to the bad place to get to the portal to get to the judge. I love Bad Janet. Yeah? In what way? Every way. You think maybe you could fix her if you got the chance? I wouldn't want to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You'd want her to fix you. Sure. She do whatever she wants. <laughs> <laughs> you want her to call you a fat dink? It's so bad. <laughs> okay. It's like the equivalent of people going up to Aaron Paul and being like, call me a bitch. Like, that's, I need Darcy Carden to call me a fat dink. Huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. If we ever get her on the show, you'll have to ask her. I will. Yikes. I don't think we will get her on the show. <laughs> hey, Darcy, we're so not. happy to talk to you. Call me a fat dink right now. <sighs> now say it slower. It's like <laughs> that episode of Nathan for you where he makes the girl <laughs> say I love you over and over again. Yes. Again. Oh. Again. We should do a Nathan for you podcast. It's such a good show. I love that show. Mm-hmm. Someone asked Michael if he's okay with leaving the fake good place because he built this and this was his life's goal and plan and work, but he's fine because he's with his friends. And we get three takes on Michael trying to give the like end of episode quippy quote that sends them all into the next stage. So first he says, the real bad place. No, and uh, I the real the bad place was the, or no, he says the bad place was, I don't remember the first one. The second one is the real bad place was the friends we made along the way. Mm -hmm. And then the third one is, in a way, the good place was inside the bad place 
all along. The way he says that one is really. <laughs> she's funny. like, I guess that's we'll technically right. Yeah. Guys, I just made an aphorism. <laughs> so Michael asks Janet hit it. They hit the train and they're off to the bad place as we watch the neighborhood degenerate as we watch it mm-hmm. pixel by pixel leave until the I screen like is the black. I like the effects for this. I do too. For, I like how first you see the shot of them looking through the window and in the reflection of the window mm-hmm. you can see it disappearing. Yeah. And then we get the full on shot as it continues to disappear. I like the water draining. Yes. Until it's left with just the ladybug who flies towards us and dissolves. Yeah. It's a really like cool that. way to end this episode. In a literal the world is destroyed. What are they gonna yeah. do next? Uh, I'm so excited. The next episode's a really good one as the gang does make it to the bad place and, and tries to hide from being caught. That'll be next week as we talk about Rhonda, Diana uh, Diana or Diana. Diana. Rhonda, Diana, Jake, and Trent. That'll Mm -hmm. be next week's episode. But that's the end of this episode, and I think this is one of those episodes that I like just as much, if not a little bit more, after having talked through it. What do you think? Yeah, I think I like it a little bit more after talking through it, just because it's just so much heart, and I think getting to really think about that and think about what this means to all the characters, it's a really special episode, I think, because a lot of shows, this would probably be a season finale, and this Mm -hmm. is not (laughs) it's like a mid-season finale two episodes after the last mid-season finale yeah yeah and it's great and it has just as much payoff this show's so good zach so great the season is incredible Mm -hmm. and i've been having a lot of fun talking about it in this episode that we've left pretty high on good place bad place who's going to the bad place this week okay so this is i like everyone this week in the episode yeah but it i was between Two people for the bad place. My honorable mention goes to Michael for lying to the group initially. But I think Michael sees the air in his ways and Mm -hmm. and it wasn't coming from a malicious place. It was coming from a place I need to stall so I can not be a liar to them. Yes. But I went with Tahani because I think that saying that they're going to leave whoever doesn't make it through (laughs) is pretty bad. That's pretty fucking bad. You've convinced Um, me. That's the big reason. I think that the breaking up with Jason isn't terrible, but the timing wasn't great. And she is, I think the, even though she ends up being the idea that they're going to go to the bad place, the, the Karen of it all is a little (laughs) less than ideal, but I, Tahani is a really funny episode, but her behavior wasn't great. I like seeing her being able to laugh at herself a little bit Mm -hmm. and to take in stride the quips that people throw at her. But I'm with you. I was thinking about giving it to Michael, but the second half of the episode is so strong in his favor that I have to give it to Tahani just for like, I don't know, more than any of them, she seems to be able to learn lessons and then just unlearn them or Mm -hmm. not really move past them in certain areas all the time. She's the one that still needs the most work to the point where I feel like there should have been more moments in this episode where she's denied the balloon. Mm-hmm. I think she should have been denied in the beginning, too. Yeah, yeah. agreed. Tahani for me. What about the good place? Good place for me this week. I I think that if I were giving like an MVP for the episode, it would probably be Cheaty because I love, yeah. love, love. I think he's good so cheaty funny. episode. He has a lot to do. But in terms of like good place points... I think Eleanor just demonstrates yeah. so much growth this week. It's been her season of like, she's kind of gotten her shit together a little bit. And it continues and, to be. Yeah, and continues to be. So I think Eleanor this week gets my good place, but a great cheaty episode. Yeah, I'm feeling like a broken record. I've, I don't know how many episodes I've given to Eleanor this season, mm-hmm. but the character arc for her from season one to season two, she's Crazy always been likable and she still keeps the same. And she's not done. And that's like, yeah. 
It's great. And she hasn't lost any of the things that once made her a bad person. She still has that sense of humor. She still has yeah. that sly troublemaker. She's so but she has come so far, and this episode shows that. It makes it very clear, as mm-hmm. it has been all season, that she is deserving her spot in the good place if they make it there. So I'm going to give it to Eleanor. I think for sure there's no way that by the end of the season I didn't give like half of the episodes I'm to her I'm sure at least I've given half to Eleanor. Good episode. Yeah. Hell yeah. Really good episode. Well, we did it. Good podcast. We, good episode. Good do. podcast. This has been a lot of fun. We'll be back next week to talk about Rhonda, Diana, Jake, and Trent. If you want to get involved, you Another can good send episode. us trivia and who you think should go to the good and bad places to timeknifepod at gmail.com. You can support us on Patreon starting at $5, patreon.com slash podcast. As we're talking about that 70s show. Most recently, we'll have talked about the drive-in episode of that 70s show. So go catch up on that on The Basement over on Patreon. Steven, where else can these fine people find us? If you want to strap yourselves to our bellies and get in our balloon without paying any money, make sure you follow us over on Twitter and Instagram over at TimeKnifePod. We're also on YouTube. Get the video companion where you can see my little... My little purple, little furry thing here that I'm showing you is—is is Grimace furry? Usually, he's, he's got a hair, right? taste this is... bud. Oh, so that's like skin bumps all over. Yeah, him. he Hot. is a skin bump. He he's is one. a skin bump. He is a bud. But see all the physical zany stuff that we get into. I guess uh, I always really sure. appreciate. We do read the YouTube comments, mm-hmm. and I really appreciate our our following wherever you listen and however you consume this podcast we love you and we really appreciate you listening because um you know we couldn't do all the fun things that we do here inside of the time knife uh, without you so youtube is a good way maybe the best way for you to listen to the podcast and immediately because all the time i'll listen to podcasts and think something off of what they're saying or like disagree with what they're saying and youtube's the best way to just type a comment tell us as you're in that part of the episode so especially with like the timestamp feature on youtube being vastly improved what it was a few years ago yeah so if you have some thoughts as you're watching the episode or listening youtube is the place to do that steven get us out of here and so we come back into the time knife next week from inside the time knife black lives matter i'm zach I'm Steven. (laughs) And we love you very much. Go be the best self you can be, because I know we are. Happy birthday, Grimace. Bye.